0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of let's be blunt with Monto. we talk about everything anything cannabis and we also talk about some of the issues that are facing us right now especially during this election year and talking <laughs> about your responsibility of what you got to do understanding that if you complain the only thing you're worth complaining about is others who don't vote so don't be one of those who don't but anyway you know I'm glad that we' you tuned into let's be blunt because I know you're trying your best to navigate this space when it comes to Cannabis hemp and it's hard a lot of information out there a lot of people talking a lot of people selling a lot of things that may not be of any benefit to you at all. So I'm glad that you're tuning in and trying to get the best information that you can. And I like to have just sometimes I want to do, you know, a a podcast that's that's as technical and filled with information as possible. Other times I just want to do a free flowing conversation. And this is one of those times I think that, you know, the latter is going to be better than the former. And that is because I've got a guest here on Let's Be Blunt today who's a very, very special guest. He's a former Tight end for the New Orleans Saints, founder of Black Ghost Enterprises, a multifaceted branding company that includes a line of CBD cannabis products under the Booberry brand, Booberry <laughs> brand. He's also a member of the Gridiron Cannabis Coalition and has been active in speaking about his experience using cannabis and medicine as medicine and advocating for the NFL to get a grip, like the rest of the sports teams out there, the contact teams get a grip. It's about time that you start to understand the protection that's provided by cannabis. And that's what he's out here fighting for. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Boo Williams. Hey. That's what you. I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, Montel, for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it was worth the long drive. I drove eight hours to get here to you, man. But so I, uh, I, it was worth the drive. You're making
0: me feel really good about myself, <laughs> man. you be willing to get in the car. And I should say that here is your girlfriend is here with you and her yeah. daughter's here with you yeah and to get in the car for eight hours and drive down here to talk to me thank you
1: very much sir oh appreciate it appreciate the ride wasn't too bad they was playing call of duty the whole way so
0: (laughs) call of duty well that's something that
1: got you addicted yeah they got call of duty on the phone now so that's what they were doing dang on the whole way in the car yeah man and my fiance she's a call of duty junkie so she's she's all day every day whenever she gets her time She's on her Call of Duty.
0: I, you know, I gotta be sounding like one of these old <laughs> fuddy duddy, you know, last generation. What do they call us? I heard that there's this term calling you a, a, a boomer. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I'm a boomer. Yeah. But
1: I just don't get to the video game. You know what? It's 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 intriguing for the brain, and you know, uh, we'll get into it later. But those games are good for the brain. They make the brain active they, and your mus- Your brain is like a muscle, so the sure. more that you exercise it and you use it, the better to get. So
0: okay, know. well, you know, but Al, now let's also remember that you know there was there were were some programs that came out a few years ago yeah. that claimed to actually help to improve. The synaptic connection of your brain. Yeah. And then we found out through research that what it does is make you a better game player. Player. But may not actually translate into executive function. Yeah. So, I agree with you and I'm telling you, I'm not knocking anybody who plays it. I just... You know, I can. See we old school. Like, we like, like the I'm physical. Old, we like yeah. to get
1: out and do the things that you know you you had to do as a kid. So Absolutely. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, Because yeah, for me, I could I could play a game for about five minutes. I'm like, okay, that's enough of that. Let's go
1: yeah. next. But yeah. I can
0: see how some of these games can be addictive, <laughs> and even in the car.
1: Yeah, and they they make it now so you can have it in the car. You don't even have to have the game system at home.
0: And, you know, with that, that would throw me because I'd be really ticked off if I lost a signal. And I was right in
1: between getting ready to get killed. Hey, and that's what you hear the whole time. We lost ah! signal. We lost signal. That would be the most frustrating. You're the one driving, trying to figure out how can I get you the signal faster. Yes, how can I get you a signal fast and, and get to Miami so I can stop hearing y'all fuss about it?
0: Uh, well, again, Mr. Boo Williams is here. And, you know, here to actually... Give us a little bit of knowledge, yeah. and uh, thank you, sir, when it comes to letting people understand about this space. Yes. Let's back up for a second. Though. Yes. Let's tell us a little bit about your background. Let's go back to, you played high, played high school football?
1: Yeah. sure. Yeah, I went to Tallahassee Lincoln, right there in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, played there. I was a starter for three years on the varsity, and um, I was supposed to go to Florida State. Right out of high school, but missed the test scores by a couple points and had to go to a junior college in Kansas.
0: Okay, well, I mean, you know, but now if you look back at that in hindsight, and I'm telling you, I am not one of those who knocks the sport. I think that eventually, what we're going to do is figure out ways to be more protective.
1: These are going to call, call it flag football next.
0: Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> even if they don't go play football, maybe we're going to be starting to do some things where we'll be able to enhance the training protocols for players mm. to make them, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to be yeah. a jerk, but, you know... Uh, 10 years from now we may see every football player walking around with a 35 inch neck uh, but if yeah. that means that starting out in you know elementary school we started changing training that neck enough yeah. so that neck would sustain the, the head the helmet keep it in one place so that you don't bounce the brain
1: around on the inside of it then, yeah. you
0: know i mean if people choose to go down that path in life, I think we have to let them do that.
1: Yeah, because, you know, sports, some sports are just in kids. I mean, we can try to deter our kids away from certain sports, but when it's in them, it's in them. And and my son, he's five years old, and he plays tackle football, and I can say their coaches are great coaches. They teach them how to tackle. They teach them the heads-up program. Mm -hmm. Um, They give all the parents the information what they need to have their kids to play tackle football right. and just like you said, these kids, they're little and they got this big old helmet right. on top of their head. So they look like almost like a bobblehead dog. Right. And um like you said, with with the sports is is transitioning like it is today. Um, it's getting a little safer. But let's 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 be honest. Um, you know, you got people crashing to each other at hundred miles per hour. So that's gonna be hard to stop.
0: And but at the same time, we have a voracious appetite as human beings, mm-hmm. to see other people do things that are very gladiator esque sports. Yep. Remember, yes. there were gladiators two, three thousand years ago.
1: <laughs> yes, and I mean, and so and this is know, sort of like this is sort of like the gladiator it's,
0: sports. It's, let me tell you something. If anybody doesn't think football is today's gladiator, they're crazy.
1: Yep, it and is.
0: Especially when I mean, I, I just I was watching a game last night, and I, I for for at least three minutes, my mouth was on. Yeah. You know, down on my chest. Now first of all, I back up. You know, I'm I'm a little older than you are, but I mean, you know, in in my 30s and 20s, 30s and 40s, I walked around at, you know, I'm 6 foot tall, 210, 215 pounds Yeah. And walked around at that size because I felt like, you know, the more the bigger I was, the more Space I took up the more man I was, yeah. but, you know. I mean, I did that, yeah. And you know, now you know, here now in this twilight beautiful period of <laughs> my life, where like you know, I you know I've gotten a little older. I yeah. I also suffer from MS, yeah. so I had to drop some of that weight. I yeah. had to. I had to take that weight off. I had to stop doing some of the silly that I was doing to be able to maintain that weight. Yeah. So you know, now I walk around at 180 pounds, but. Feel I was good, looking. At, yeah, I feel great, but I'm looking at the TV last night, and I'm watching dudes that are like two forty-five, two fifty-five, running three, 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 four, three, five. Come
1: yeah. on! Yeah, 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 and, and that's the world that we're in, you know. And I and
0: I think back when I was in high school
1: playing football,
0: I weighed maybe hundred and
1: forty pounds, and I was a nose guard. Just think if you played nose guard now at hundred
0: forty. Uh, there wouldn't be anything <laughs>
1: left of me. Are you kidding me? These guys are getting bigger, faster, stronger. Um, I was, you know, not too much alone removed from the sport so you know we're we're at a size where now you know guys are running at a, a massive rate of speed and when you crash into each other it's like car crashes
0: 255 265 running and let's say they're all padded up they're running at a 4-1 yeah but still 4 forty. yeah they're running across that field and crashing directly into each other and I'm thinking to myself now they supposedly you know they stopped you guys from doing head-to-head contact but, it's but hard. the contact that I was seeing last night It would break 90% of the people that are out here.
1: 90%. I, I tell my fiance this all the time. I said, people don't realize sometimes when they're watching the game and they see two guys crashing to each other or they see the receiver jump up, catch the ball, hit the ground and pop back up. And everybody's just yelling like, yeah. yeah. But they don't know the impact How, that they yeah. just had on his body that the normal person Correct. could not take.
0: I, I, I want to say to people, yeah, yeah. Just, just right now, stand on your couch, jump on the floor. <laughs> and hit the floor <laughs> chest first. Chest don't first. do that. No, please don't. <laughs> but hit the floor chest first. Chest, first, that would be like, you know, some of the – End of the play hits that I see. Yeah. It was watching last night. so yeah. And and I, I said, let's go back to your high school days. But even at the high school level, though, you weren't that big back then. No. The same intensity of the
1: contact yeah. was there. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, in high school, my senior year, I was about 6'3", 215. I'm um, playing wide receiver. That's no small boy. No, not at all. Not at all. And I played free safety too, so it was a lot of contact. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. But now, when you think about that and you look back at your life now, brother, I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you know,
1: I feel it every years
0: day. From now. Yeah, you feel it now. Yeah. So Ten more well, years from now you're gonna feel it even more.
1: That's why I told her she gotta take care of me. There you go. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> but you know, but that's also what made you understand the value of cannabis, isn't Yes. It
1: not? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, with you know, cannabis entering my life at an early age, um, you know, it was it was definitely something that I knew that especially playing sports uh when i used it it definitely helped my body it helped and you
0: weren't you weren't a significant user of cannabis when you were in high school
1: no not at all
0: okay when did you when
1: did you start um into college
0: in college yeah okay. so you get into college and did you start off using it on a regular basis did it was how did you start off um using it? i started what?
1: off using it on a regular basis but it was more of a group environment with the players mm-hmm. um what i noticed now is we Got out a lot of feelings. We talked about a lot of different things that we wouldn't have normally talked about. If we didn't have cameras. But did you
0: first turn to it because as some sort of a pain relief to playing ball?
1: Yes. And not just. Oh,
0: wait, but, but slow down when you say yes. But talk about that for a second. You, okay. You, 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 you're, you're out practicing every single day. Yeah. You got a game every weekend. <laughs> and so here the games are every weekend. So that, that was it? In freshman year, sophomore year, junior year? When um, did you start? It was,
1: it was my freshman year. Okay. And I was hanging out with some of the older guys that was from Texas
0: <laughs> and probably saying, dude, man, I had this hurt, that hurt hurt this hurt and they and you were already probably on all of the other uh, pharmaceutical the, versions oh of pain yeah oh yeah like what, what were you um on they, on?
1: they give you percocet they right. give you the Toradol shot and that's the one that guys are lining up like cattle to take and talk a
0: little bit about that this is something that that's a best kept secret yeah. from football or mm-hmm. contact sports but yeah. you know this is something that was given out almost like a vitamin, right, before the game.
1: You would see guys lined up in the locker room, Mm -hmm. and guys would be having their pants down in the back, and they'd give you a shot on the top of the butt. Well, we had some guys that was kind of wusses and didn't like shots, so you would hear them screaming a little bit, like, ah! we were all laughing and joking and thinking it's all fun and games. But I tell people this. I said, think about it. When you see a person, when you see a player before the game and they're saying that national anthem, and you see some guys start tearing up, and then guys get emotional, and then the game starts, and we're trying to tear each other's heads off. Right. You got emotional roller coaster that's going on the whole yeah. time while you're on these drugs. So that's something that's not normal, and it does something to the free frontal cortex because that's the part of the brain that you're damaging.
0: Contact is hitting there first,
1: it's hitting there first. So when you're damaging that part of the brain, the free frontal cortex, that controls rational thinking and impulse control. And then you're adding that Toradol shot. You, you, You got a recipe for disaster. And then after the game. And
0: adding in the requirement that go take that guy's head off.
1: Take that guy's head off. That's your friend in the off season. Right. And then after the game is over with, we're giving each other high fives and daps and giving each other love. You see the emotional roller coaster that happens mm-hmm. and it and it makes that a habit for you. Right. So that's why some guys, as myself, when I get out of the league, and we'll go to that, you know, you go through those emotional roller coasters, mm-hmm. and that's what you've been taught. And that's what you've been you've been taught for so many years. That's
0: what your life's supposed to be. That's
1: what your life's supposed to be. You think that it's normal, but it's not.
0: Right, Chanel, you're in college.
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back. the red life i know this is going to become your new favorite podcast and i'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step by step every single week
0: taking these shots taking these pills yep and then was it was it in uh, you say dude i got to get off these pills or what made you say let me try uh, cannabis instead
1: well what happened was um um you know when you go into college they're, they're basically telling you what to take. They're not giving you an option because as a player, they want your butt out on that field. They want you out on that field. So that field. they
0: can make that money for the college.
1: The NCAA. And I want to know who all that money goes to, to the NCAA for these guys going out, putting their life on the line and not getting a dime for it. But that's another subject. I you. <laughs> but you know, going out, putting your life on the line every day like this, it causes your body to break down. Right. And that's why, um, uh, they just um, created a new CBA probably three four years ago. But before, we had in NFL insurance only five years after you out of the league, and then your insurance laps because the research they done it shows that your body and your brain breaks down after five years you are out of the league. Right. So from all that damage, from all, all those that, hits from yes. all that damage. So that's why they only gave you insurance for five years.
0: Right. Now have they changed that. Or they changed. They make-
1: changed it now to where now guys got lifetime insurance. Got it. But the guys before the new CBA, probably three, four, maybe four years ago, they don't. So when your insurance laps, you have to go and get another insurance on your own or get Cobra. And that's something that we shouldn't have to do when we put our our body and our brain on the line for this game that we love.
0: Absolutely, And for the owners and for the team, absolutely. No question.
1: So now, so here
0: your junior year. Gotta try the cannabis then.
1: Yes, we tried I tried the cannabis and it was something of all the players was doing it and it was like we would go after practice and we we'll smoke and then guys are more relaxed and you're like, Hold on, this wrist don't hurt no more. This knee don't hurt no okay. more. So really guys were you know, finding out really what it did for them without even getting the education that they should have gotten.
0: And understanding that, you know, it's a it's an uh, anti-inflammatory. Yes. And so when you're taking, especially depending on the strain, divide, the level of CBD, uh, you know, CBG, other cannabinoids that are in there mm-hmm. that literally will reduce your inflammation.
1: Yes, Yes, and that's why, guys, we, we didn't even know, you know, like I said, we wasn't getting the, the, the education. Mm-hmm. And you would just see, you were doing the 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 education on yourself. You're like, okay, I'm taking this cannabis. Oh, my knees stopped swelling. Right. Oh, my ankle stopped swelling. So, okay, let me continue to do this. Sure. And at the same time, you know, when you're playing a sport, your brain is going 100 miles per hour, mm-hmm. and you're always going. So that part of cannabis, it slows down that brain and gives you – that yellow light or that red light that you wouldn't normally have because ah. of the teaching that you've been getting taught. Sure, sure. We, we always have that green light in football, and that's why you see some of the guys, you know, off-season, some guys get in trouble. Right. And it's mostly the guys that have contact sports right. because that part of the brain is damaged where, you know, when an incident or a situation comes up and you're supposed to be like, hey, wait, right. let but me stop. Don't you don't have that part. So All right. cannabis allows you to have that part in your brain to say, hey, wait, stop. Let me make a good, sound decision. Okay, this is what I go with.
0: Now, so, okay, in college, though, you had to worry about being tested, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you just figured out what the
1: testing And that's where like. the guys just figured out when the testing was. Um, and, and in college, my, uh, my coach was a military coach. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, you know, me in junior college uh, – you know, the recruiting process starts all over again when you have all your Miamis, your Florida States, and mm. all of them come to recruit you again, like in high school. And I can remember I'm smoking in my dorm, and I get a knock at the door and thinking it's one of my – Players and it's, it, it, it's it's the coach that came from Arkansas to come visit me. <laughs> gotcha, right. and and he started going off when he opens the door, and I'm smoke red right in his face, and right. and he's a military coach, a sergeant in the Desert Storm, mm. Sergeant Fitzgerald Hill. So you can imagine mm. how that conversation I went.
0: Be, I bet, no. yep, <laughs> yep, absolutely.
1: So that's how that started, and and you know, we had to educate some of our coaches too because we would tell coach, hey, coach, this. Helps me for this, this helps me for that. Mm -hmm. And some of the coaches would listen and then you would have some of the coaches that would tell you, hey, got a drug test coming up. And it's like, hey, it's like a reminder so you can be clean. Sure. And and, and it shouldn't be like that because you don't tell us it's a drug test when you're feeding us all these narcotics. Right. All (laughs) those other things things that keep you on the field. And as a player, you wanna be on the field. So I'ma take whatever you give me so I can have that chance, opportunity to play.
0: Right. And so you went from college, get recruited by, or did you start with the New Orleans Saints?
1: Um, I left um, my junior college and I went to University of Arkansas. Okay. And that's where I really found out really that cannabis was really for me and not really alcohol. Gotcha. Because, um, you know, coming out of high school and things like that is, you know, that's just the norm. People want to drink and sure. stuff like that. But when I got to my uh, my four year university, I wasn't a drinker. It, it. I, I like to be mellow. I like to, you know, have my mind resting. I like to have my body resting, sure. and that's why I was full-fledged uh, cannabis from
0: there. And you're a daily user? Or, yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes. So you did that through your four-year college yes. and then you get recruited into the NFL? Yes, yes. And I go to you New go Orleans. From, you go to New Orleans.
1: Yes, that was five hours away from home, finally. So, I mean, did you,
0: did you, were, you were you reticent thinking that, you know, the pros are going to be different in college where uh, there won't be that many people doing cannabis? Y-
1: you know what? I thought it was nobody doing it. Right. And then um, Ricky Williams. I played with Ricky Williams mm-hmm. and Kyle Turley and... Uh, it wasn't to my rookie year, and Ricky Williams. If you know a little bit about Ricky, Ricky sure. didn't talk to anybody. He had schizophrenia, so right. he was dealing with his own issues. Sure,
0: and that—that's from those repetitive concussions. Yes,
1: yes, yes, especially playing running back. Yep. Um. So Ricky was a guy that you know I kind of gravitated to when I first got there, and nobody really talked to Ricky because of you know his disorder. Mm-hmm. So me and him became close, and it all became close through cannabis. Gotcha. And everybody used to ask, how are you and Ricky so close? But I wouldn't tell them, like, no, we're just cool. We're just friends. Right. But I didn't, because I didn't think the NFL or players use cannabis like that. Okay. Because I was a rookie. Right. And then me and Ricky got close, and next thing you know, Kyle Turley comes to me after practice and says, hey, young fellow, come to the house this afternoon. Me and one of the other players are going to be hanging out. Okay. So I'm a rookie, and I'm excited about Mm -hmm. Kyle Turley asking me over, and I get over there and Kyle Turley has this big bowl of big bowl of cannabis sitting right on the table. It was like, young fella, are you smoking? I'm like,
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. And
1: that and that connected me to these players. And to this day, the players that I connected with through cannabis are the some of the only guys that I talked to. Wow. That's- and and
0: <laughs> so how percentage wise, how many players of the team do you do you think consume oh, cannabis?
1: About 70 percent.
0: And that was back then.
1: Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm telling you, about 80% of the, the league, the NFL, use cannabis. Right now, for sure. Right now, for sure. And I hate when they show guys, uh, when they show at the bottom of the screen, they show, you know, uh, uh, fail the drug test. They'll, they'll say it some different type of way where you think it's another street drug, where you're thinking it's cocaine or something that's hard. But when you find out that it's cannabis that they're getting suspended for, and you're like, hold on, but you're gonna feed them all these other narcotics, sure. but something that's really helping them, you're gonna crucify them for and make them look bad? It's, it's, it's really, it's just absolutely disturbing to think
0: that the number of players that pregame, yeah. you know, the coaches and the staffs come walking through basically with you know, a smorgasbord of this drug, that drug, this drug, that drug, this drug, that drug, for the whole team.
1: For the whole team. I mean, it, it's it's it, it's absurd, and I don't even use that word.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I, it, it's absurd to me, and and most people who are tuning in on, you know, the Sunday afternoon football or the Saturday night game, Thursday night football game, yeah. you know. They don't even know what's going don't, on for not game. Don't think, they don't think that at all. They no. think these guys are coming on the field yeah. 100% clean.
1: But some of these people, those are the same people, when they see at the bottom of the screen, that player has got suspended or something for – like Stephen A. Smith, stay off the weed. I wish I could have a conversation with him because somebody need to educate that young man mm-hmm. because he is the one that really aggravates me because you don't know what that player is going through. You don't know what that, that player's body is is feeling every time he goes home.
0: And just because maybe that was not your, your preference yes. doesn't
1: mean it can't be someone else's My preference. point, exactly, and for them, to, especially him, I, I, it gets me really, really off when I hear him say this stuff because sometimes you got to look deeper. You got to look around the edges and see really what are they using it for and say, hey, is this better than what they're giving them in the locker room?
0: But, you know, that kind of attitude and that mindset comes from people who just are ignorant to the plant, ignorant to its history and never used that, it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and just because you didn't doesn't mean that it doesn't work. And, you know, yeah. I've had conversations with so many people, especially when they come up, you know, no, marijuana is this, blah, blah, it's They have been misled yep. by so much mistruth. Yes. If we just stopped for five minutes and had a conversation about the fact that every one of our forefathers grew it. If you, if you stop and had a conversation about the fact that the entire revolutionary army was clothed in hemp, Yep. <laughs> you have a conversation about the fact that the the Freemasons back during the Revolutionary War smoked marijuana. They smoked yep.
1: hemp cigarettes. Yes. So, that was the regular medicine for correct. them back then. <laughs> and, and you got
0: to stop and say well why? Well if you just stop for a second and take your head out you know what? Mm-hmm. You'd recognize that back then there were no toilets. People were wiping their butts with leaves. Yes. You know what I mean? There were times back then when nobody was brushing their teeth every day. You know? There something. were not toothbrushes. No. you know There wasn't air conditioning. There wasn't heat there were people sleeping on the ground yep. and we recognize the fact that once human beings lifted themselves up off the dirt and started sleeping on a bed that changed longevity of human beings by 10 years immediately
1: yep and but that's just about raising them up off the floor to a bed correct
0: and now, <laughs> but but I, i'm only talking about this this way because i'm trying to say that back then you know life was hard you know nobody drank water no People think you drank water. They didn't. No. People literally boil that water in the morning into something that was close to a near beer because we needed to have the alcohol content to kill off the bacteria that was there that was making people so sick. Yep. So even your child walked around having had, you know, 3.1 or 3.0 or 2.9% alcoholic water. Ain't that something?
1: Or beer. Ain't that something? Yeah. We don't think about that. We don't that. think about that. And, and I tell people, I'm like, look, you can... You can look, and there's a liquor store on every corner. Yeah, every corner. You have liquor stores in school zones, right? But when it comes to this plant, oh no, no. Well, well hold on for the people that like the Bible, my grandmother. Uh, I'm like, hey, don't you know they talked about this plant in the Bible? Crack. But when they, but when you Remember, talk about that, they say no, no. Oh, they, they get they get amnesia. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, what did the three blind
0: men, uh, wise men, bring to baby Jesus? Incense, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense. Is a form of a cannabis Candidates. plant. Mm-hmm. So stop, you know. And why did they do that? It wasn't that they were trying to get the baby Jesus high. No, back then they actually burned incense and things like that inside of huts and tents. So for babies, remember we had something called croup. Mm-hmm. We had something called whooping cough. We had all oh of these that maladies, whooping cough, yeah. All of these maladies that babies had uh, from you know not being able to sleep to uh, that people literally burned incense like that inside of their huts tents.
1: Now we call it sage. That's right. (laughs) Calm
0: people down.
1: Yes, yes. So you
0: know, and then, uh, but but I I even go even further. It was uh, you know in the early 1700s in the United States of America, you were not considered patriotic if you didn't grow hemp.
1: Ain't that something?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, every tent, every sail, every rope. You know, uh, the word canvas. We believe came from cannabis
1: because what they wrote on was a cannabis canvas.
0: Correct. <laughs> right. you no, know, I remember, you know the, uh, a couple of the uh, the the initial drafts of the
1: Constitution, yeah. of the
0: Declaration of Independence, it was wrote on
1: him. But yeah. people, they don't want to be educated that no. way. Um, they,
0: and, and they, oh, you're right, so I'm sorry, I not cut you off. But yeah. they don't, not only that, but they don't want to be educated on the fact that over the course of the last 40 years, your taxpayers' dollars have paid for funding to research cannabis and why its effects are the way they are, from not only in the United States, but also overseas. We funded research in Israel mm-hmm. 40 years ago, 30 years ago. That actually helped to discover the endocannabinoid system. THC, CBD helped the United States government get its patent, and that's
1: where some of your smartest doctors are.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but you know, but I mean, people that act like this is something that's just a uh, you know a weed and aberration of potheads. It's not. This yeah. is something that's been researched and studied over and over and over again for mm-hmm. over the last two thousand
1: years. And you know that's why you know I um I I do a lot of things that I do. And I help show people that, you know, just because a person uses cannabis, they're not just stoners. There are people that get up and do things. They have businesses. They have things that they have going on that they're helping change the world. And, you know, I know a lot of people that drink alcohol and just sit there and don't do nothing too. So it's like, you can say that with anything, but when it comes to this plant, you got to look deeper and really what this plant is really doing for people. And when you see the, the many different uses of it, then you know you might be able to change your mind and that's why my slogan is saving lives and changing minds because Absolutely. you have to get to people's hearts first before you open their minds because Correct. so so many people are just in their own bubble um they've been you know this way for so long like you know like the older generations they don't some people don't like to be shown that they were wrong mm-hmm. and that's why they will still continue to, be ignorant because Absolutely. they do not want to be shown that they were wrong all of this time about a plant they didn't know nothing about. That's
0: right. And they still, and they don't even take the time to educate themselves because they have at their own point of view and they just want to sit and live their way. Yeah. Which is really kind of crazy. Set the ways, yeah, baby. Set in ways. Yeah, set the ways. But with you, again, back in the early days of the NFL, you recognized while playing yeah. that you got physical
1: relief. Yeah. Yeah
0: but also you got some mental relief out of that. Talk about that.
1: Oh man, the mental relief I got out of it was, <clears throat> it was amazing. Um, for me to be able to um, open up to some of my players and some of my peers about, you know, some of the things that might've been going on with me, that was that was big and that was major. Um, especially for, like I said, the, the brain. It slows that part of the brain down. It had me having better uh, relationships with people. Um, it didn't keep me on edge. Um, because when you're going from the narcotics they give you and then you walk out of that door, um, it's let me induce cannabis so I can get this part out of me. Because, you know, those narcotics, it would have you on edge and angry. Right. And, you know, the, 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 the normal, you know, fan, they don't know when they see a, a guy out there on the field and, and they're banging against each other. They're trying to really hurt each other. And it takes a certain type of person to wanna to keep banging into somebody for sixty minutes. Right. So for sixty minutes you're banging into somebody. So And then you gotta turn around and be nice because the going got pick her. Ain't that something? Right. You gotta turn around and be nice. And you know, like the the situation with um the Browns defensive end when he hit the guy with the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um when you go past that point um of this is football, that yellow light and red light he didn't have. Right. Because of that part of the brain is damaged, and they're saying, hey, we're going to stop helmet to helmet. Okay, you want it's situational for the NFL. I'm going to tell you this now. Right. Because if you look at the offensive line and defensive line, they hit helmets every Every play. Every play. They start off the game helmet to helmet. Every play. So it's situational for the NFL. And, you know, at our our Athletes Treatment Center, at the Crosby Center, we've seen – those brains and the brains that was mostly damaged are the offensive line, sure, defensive line, running backs and linebackers because they're doing the most contact.
0: Right. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. And now you you mostly used in your early career after the game. Yes.
1: Post game. Oh yeah. Post game. I mean um
0: and then well, then you got injured.
1: Yeah. 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 What about yeah. that first injury? Um that first injury was in two thousand five. Um it was the Katrina year. And that was a stressful year for everyone in Louisiana. Yes. Um, they told me that um, it was uh, two days before Katrina. We had a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, I tore my knee and they then the next day they said, hey, you have to have reconstruction knee surgery. Wow. And I'm like, oh man. And this was like a year right after I signed my deal. Mm-hmm. So I know how this goes. Right. So I'm trying to get back out on the field as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're rehabbing with the team, you have to take what they give you. Right. So, I was able to rehab on my own.
0: Gotcha. Okay. When you're
1: injury reserve, so all I used was cannabis butter on my knee right. and used cannabis. That was it. Mm-hmm. I had an MCL tear. Okay. I came back full fledged running in three and a half weeks off an of MCL tear. Wow. When they told me I had to have reconstruction knee surgery, that's crazy. Yeah.
0: But you came back a little bit too quick, right? Because that ended up damaging, what, your Achilles?
1: Yeah, I came back. Um, And then that next year, um, when you, when you hurt, you know, a part of your body, you compensate. Correct. And I was compensating and putting a lot of pressure on my hamstring. So then I had a hamstring pull. And then shortly after that, Achilles tear. Ah. And ah. that was... I don't wish that on my worst enemy. That right. Achilles tear, because that's something that really—if you don't rehab it right—you'll have a limp for the rest of your life. Right. And just so happened, I was with the right people in Kansas City rehabbing and using that cannabis butter. And
0: that—that that was that was the career-ending
1: injury, right? Yeah, there, right? It, it was. It was something to where it was like, okay, I can't do this every day. I see my body still break. My body's breaking down. It comes from a knee to a hamstring to a quad to a Achilles major major injury, and it was like you know what, it's time to hang them up and try something right. different.
0: Right there you go. But all along, still using cannabis.
1: Yes, all along, still using cannabis. It wasn't to a point in time we'll get to where it it was hard to get cannabis. So we'll get right. to
0: that. <laughs> but now I mean, now so that. History is really what's made you the advocate for the NFL today, yes. right? Yes. Oh,
1: yes. Um and I just to go back, um my rookie year, I got caught on a drug test with Ricky Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was smoking with Ricky and, you know, I was asking Ricky about the drug test. I didn't know nothing about it. And he was like, "Don't worry about it, fool. Uh-uh. Your last name is Williams like mine. You'll get tested in training camp." Right. And they tested me in mini camp. Oh, no. And when I tell you, these doctors think that you're really crazy when you get tested for cannabis. They think that you are psycho. They think that you are a, you're not even a human.
0: No matter what kind of opioids you got in your system. Yes. right.
1: Yes. And, and they fly you to Atlanta and they make you feel like this. They make you feel like you're really doing something that's really, really, really bad for your body. And when they do this to you, now it sets up in your brain where, are the narcotics good for me? Right. So now you and Limbo don't know what to take. You don't right. know what to take. Do I take my cannabis and keep getting suspended? You keep taking my money? Right. Or do I take the opioids that you give me and keep breaking my body down right. and my brain? So what do I do? Take
0: the opioids. I'm take sure. the
1: opioids. Absolutely. You know, I'm like that old saying. My coach, my, my agent told me, you want to play, you want to be on the field, take what they give you. You want to be at home, take what you getting. Right. And I'm like- this is the sport I love because you coming from high school to college. Sure. It's just a kid's game. Right. When you get to the pros, now it's business. And that's the part that young guys don't understand when they get into the league that this is business. Right. And, you know, whatever these, you know, the trainers give you, you have to take. Right. We can't even have a cold. If you got a cold, you can't even take cough medicine. You got to wait till you get to the facility and the trainer or the doctor gives it to you.
0: And wow. he might give you cough medicine, though. and he
1: might give you cough medicine. You have to be sick all night long until you get to that facility because they're the ones that treat you.
0: So and your life is goes. in their hands. Yes,
1: and that's crazy that you're a grown man putting your life in another doctor's hand, and it's like, okay, do I trust you, or do I trust what I what I know that's best? Right, but I have to trust you because this that's is how I get paid. paycheck. Right. Yep.
0: So, and then, you know, when you take a look back now and looking back at, at your series of injuries, yeah. which one would have helped to get you through better?
1: I think it would have been the cannabis. Right. Because I can tell, I tell a lot of people this story is, um, when I had my hamstring pull, we would, they would take you to the chiropractor. The chiropractor would bring in another doctor and you have to sign a waiver for this treatment. They were hook they would inject these needles into your hamstrings and medicine would flow out through your hamstrings. When they hit that button, your hamstring starts to contract, starts to contract going crazy. Then next thing you know, two days later, you're able to run again. Oh. But I've always wondered, why did we have to sign this waiver at a chiropractic office? Right. And they were bringing another doctor. And that's just what they did to hurry up and get you out there on the field. I mean if you look at it, it's almost like the modern day slavery when they put you up on the front, neck size, shoulder size, how fast you can run, you know, that's what they do. And and that's how it that's how they make you feel too. They make you feel like cattle. But the game that you love, this is how you get paid. It's how you get this is how you feed your family. Right. So it's either I do this and don't play the game that I love, or I do this and play the game that I love and risk the consequences later.
0: And what you ended up doing as a consequence was speeding up that other injury. Yep. Which now ends the career.
1: Yep. And and that's what it does for many guys. And it sends guys into deep depression when the game leaves you before you're ready.
0: Yeah. And did that happen for yourself?
1: Yeah. It, it it left me before I was ready. I had so many more years, um, you know, to go because my body was still, I'm still healthy. You know, I played eight years, but still, I still have more years on my body, but, through the narcotics and through all the shots, the all your body starts to break down. And I think they know this, right. and this is how they keep the, the the cattle run going. Because when every year you got guys leaving out and you got guys coming in. Right. So it's, you know, it it, it returns like a turn-built, turnkey situation where it don't matter who leaving, somebody else is coming in.
0: Absolutely. Somebody wants that seat.
1: Yeah. Somebody wants that seat. And the way they build... These sports teams up, they build these teams. So you know, you're looking at it on TV, and you're like, "Oh, this is what I want to do." From a kid, I want to play NFL. I want to play NBA. And the more that they keep, you know, showing it and bringing it to your neighborhoods, to like, "Hey, this is this is the sport for you." It makes you want to play, sure. But you don't know the ins and outs of it just to play,
0: right? And at the end of the
1: day, yeah,
0: you wind up in a situation where. You know, you're paying for it for the rest of your
1: life. Yes. I mean, it, it was to the point to where so many guys on our team use marijuana with the Saints. Our coaching staff will let some of the guys that they knew that were frequent smokers, let them know days before and tell them don't come in until the afternoon. Right. I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. Hey, leave. Come back in the afternoon. Come back tomorrow. We're going to say we just sent you home and I've seen it, right. and coaches, some coaches knew, and I, some of our coaches on my coaching staff was old school. You know, like Jim Haslett, and some of these guys were old school, so these guys, were used to spot shoot. They used to shoot needles directly into the area that was affected, right. and you can see the way he walked, the way some of these coaches walked that played. They walked funny, their body was distorted because of all this, the shots they were getting and, and narcotics.
0: Wow, I don't want to run out of time without talking about <laughs> what you're doing now, though. Yes,
1: let's yes. talk about what you're into now. Oh, well, man, where do we start? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I started my company, Booberry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a CBD company uh, with full spectrum. Uh, and I went into this space because of the injury situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so many guys, like I said, we get injured, but um, they don't know what to do for their injuries, and I made sure that. You know, I went into the research development, went through this industry the hard way to learn about, you know, what cannabis really does for the body. So I can really pass this information education on to other players. Sure. And um, you know, starting with this company, I started out the out the back of my car.
0: Gotcha. And
1: um I worked my way up the ladder and I just didn't want to be one of these athletes that I see that just jump in the industry and jump on labels and jump on brands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said that's easy. That's like an advocate. My, my grandmother, my mom can do that. I want to want to do something bigger and better, and and go deep into this so I can help so many other guys that was just like me. Sure, and it's it's, it's been amazing. Um, I also have a, a nonprofit organization called Blueberry Cares, and uh, we travel the country uh, caregiving. Uh, we were in uh, Panama City doing the disaster relief efforts sure. Hurricane uh, Michael. for Hurricane for Michael. Sure. Um, we take water to Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan doesn't have any water. Um, and so we just do a lot of caregiving around the country. And we do it through the world of cannabis and showing people that, hey, this is a cannabis based nonprofit organization. But it shows that we're out in the community really helping, really giving back and breaking that stigma. Of people that really think that cannabis is a drug, it's a medicine.
0: Sure. And you also involved in Gridiron Cannabis Coalition. Yes, talk about
1: that. I owe, I owe, I owe everything to Gridiron Cannabis Coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Bucerio, uh, he was one of the co-found. He was the founder of uh, of the Gridiron Coalition. And uh, when I was in California, he was a guy that I went to and asked, "How can I get in this industry?" Mm-hmm. And he set me up with a table at the uh, the Four Twenty Games. Okay. And um, he set me up with a table. And it's, it's an organization where they help educate athletes, help educate the world, where what athletes go through and what cannabis really does for them. So mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go. But then I sat at this table and people just kept coming up and talking. And I kept explaining what it does. And next thing you know, we drew a crowd. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, Steve D'Angelo comes over. Mm-hmm. And Steve D'Angelo comes over and me and him talk for about an hour. And um, he realized my passion behind this. He realized, you know, why I wanted to do this. And he appointed me his consultant. Oh, that's right. And his consultant helps, helped me, you know, with all the research development and helped me really stay out in California to really do this. And I owe, I owe a lot to, like I said, the Gridiron Coalition and and, um, and Steve D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was very, very fun for me being out in California and learning a lot i learned the business i learned how slow (laughs) california can be sometimes but i really learned the research and development the part so when i went into the product development i knew exactly what to put out for the people that what they really needed gotcha
0: now you're working now you live in in florida
1: yes i live in panama city beach florida with Mm -hmm. my lovely fiance and my stepdaughter Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) and you're working on expanding your brand out here yes 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 you got to find a different Mechanisms (laughs) Mechanisms Mechanism.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, my, uh, my manufacturers and my, um, all my partners, Gamma pharmaceuticals, they're right out here out of Davie, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're doing some really good things right now. We're infusing coffee. We're infusing beer. Um, we're trying to do a lot of things in this space so we can show, you know, really what this plant does. We're also working in the hemp building space, um, trying to bring in affordable homes sure. um, to those that really need it because you know, hemp grows strong over time, um, it's environmentally safe. And so, Wes, what we're trying to do is show the many facets of this industry and be a brand that can be in so many different lanes helping a lot of different people. Absolutely. What's 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 on the horizon? Um, what's on the horizon right now, um, I'm working with Indian River Coffee. They're out this way. Um, That's going to be a huge project where we're infusing all their coffee, all their coffee cake um, cups and coffee beans. And um, right now, what's on the horizon with the nonprofit is we're trying to build more affordable homes um, for the disaster relief uh, victims there in Panama City from Hurricane sure. Michael.
0: Sure. Man, I'm going to tell you, this has been so good to
1: talk to, boo. <laughs> you I've too, man. You to too. Trust me. I've always been a fan. Watch your show when I was... I don't want to say a kid because I don't want you. <laughs> me and you look the same mate. I'm 40 years old myself. Uh, so. I'm a little older than Doesn't, my brother. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, quite a bit older. That's yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> but but I, I, I watch the show a lot, lot of times with my mom and and when I found out you know you were going through the things that you were going through with mm-hmm. MS and and this was your passion and it just shows that you know people like us we really use our platform for something good. Absolutely. To try to help more people because if it wasn't for people like us that were building this platform and helping people, how would some of the people know? And and mainly, and I, and I tell people this in in the African American community, um, if you don't go into the communities and, and and show people we don't know about what's going on. Correct. Because it's not brought to us like it is in other communities. So I try to be that gap, that bridge mm-hmm. to where I can go in a lot of these communities and and, and change people's minds. <laughs> and the way I change their minds is through their hearts. And that's sure. through the community service. And that's through giving. Mm-hmm. Because once you open people up with their hearts now, they're like, okay, what is it you're talking about now? Right. You open a heart
0: and you open a mind. Yes. And you know, what like I can tell you, so now over the course of the, this next year, for sure, I'm working on a lot of different projects in this space. And yeah. I'll reach out to you. Because I think, brother, we, we really need to synergistically forget about what's in it for us, individually, yeah. and what it's in in it for us. Yeah, it is. In and total.
1: It is, and that's, you know, my fiance, she's, she does a lot of this with me, and she knows I do a lot of this stuff, you know, out of the goodness of my heart, and sometimes we do it out of our pocket, and it sometimes, like you said, it, it it might not go the way, you know, you want it to go, but as long as it's helping people, and you're getting the information out there, um, I always say your blessings is going to come back to you tenfold when you're doing it for the right reasons.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank I'm going to call you up to get you back sometime, too. Hey, yeah, okay? man,
1: call me. Uh, my number's always on, 24-7 like AAA. You
0: got it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. A wonderful conversation with a wonderful human being, Mr. Bo Williams. Make sure you tune in to the next Let's Be Blunt with Montel. asks.